0: This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. I love football. I love to play it, watch it, and of course, photograph it. I've shot it at all levels, from Pop Warner to Super Bowls, and everything in between. My guest, Richard Maxson, has also photographed football at all levels. We've both seen the way the sport has changed over the years and the way it's been covered. Today, we dive into football etiquette.
1: I tell them, look at respect your elders and make the damn picture. You're not there for any other reason than making the pictures. I don't really understand the social media aspects. I really don't understand other than it's mostly video and it's shot with iPhones.
0: I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Hall of Fame basketball players, sports writers, and Sports Illustrated photographer John Beaver. I mean, the first time I went and did an Alabama game for Sports Illustrated uh, in Tuscaloosa is like a revelation. It's like people down here
1: take this stuff serious, and they—it's like you know—they've been camped out here in the parking lot for five days, and it was a real excitement, which I guess there wasn't in
0: pro football was. You know a little more they thought of themselves a little little more professional yeah. not that kind of excitement so that that was unique the rest of my conversation with john can be found at our archives at justagoodconversation.com let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with richard maxson it's going to be football football football
1: Booha. <laughs> How are you, Richard? I'm doing really great, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm great because we're going to talk about football. The, the football, the sport I love.
1: The sport you love, and I you do. were you were a team photographer for a baseball team.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, I but get, you got your shirt on, your hat. You're like, oh, I'm ready. I you, wear
1: I, I wear my colors proud.
0: Yeah, I mean, you should tear that thing off and have like a jersey on and ready to go.
1: Actually, um, I don't, See, you, but I no. have what old people wear: <laughs> a white T-shirt, old
0: white T-shirt. <laughs> When was the last time you played football?
1: Uh, I never really played football. Like Maybe flag a bit football? Of, yeah, a flag touch? I was in high school.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean you I got did. a body for a football player. Depends on what position. <laughs> yeah, tight end. You'd have been a tight end. Big hands, look at you. Uh, I've got big
1: hands, got big feet. Yeah. Got a big mouth, so it'd probably get me thrown <laughs> out of the game, too.
0: <laughs> we talked the other day. It's like... There's lots of bowl games going on. You see some great plays. you see some ugly stuff on the sidelines. Let's talk about football etiquette.
1: etiquette. It, it's, it's something that uh, doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> so uh, it, the, the, the business, the, the sports, a lot of things have changed over the last 50 years. Yeah. one of which one of which is lack of respect for the elders which now I fall into (laughs) that category. I I, I see these people on the sidelines and, you know, going crazy, going nuts. And I sit back when I was, when I was in, uh, starting out way back when in the uh, early seventies had i done some of this stuff. I would have been chewed up by a meat grinder called my managing editor and the sports director. Right. Uh, The biggest thing, the biggest problem I see is that there's lack of respect for the old adage is you don't root from the press box. And as far as I'm concerned, the sidelines is an extension of the press box. And you you don't sit there and cheer your team on when you're supposed to be taking pictures. And it's not and the other other side to it is the credentials are very hard to get very hard yeah and a lot of these people who get them go down there and they cheer and who what are they what who's it benefiting well their ego because they're on the sideline but who it doesn't benefit is people who are working for because you're expected to be down there working to get the pictures for who you're working for the sports information director the school sports editor, um, even the school themselves, and you're there more wrapped up in the game than you are in making your pictures or getting your coverage. And, you know, that, that was a huge no-no. Luckily, I had some very good mentors. And these are names you can go back and look, in the, uh, look up. But Art Rogers from the L.A. Times... Uh, Larry Sharkey, Ben Olander, Bill Beebe from the Evening Outlook, Bob Smith from the Outlook, um, Dave Boss from the NFL. You went there, you were serious, you got your pictures, you got angry when you missed it, which is completely appropriate. Totally get it. Yeah. But when Garo Yepremian missed the kick at the Super Bowl, and a bunch of us were there, shooting it. It was like a pin could drop. Nobody sat there and started cheering, and nobody cheered when um, you know somebody ran in a big touchdown or made a big play. You were there, dead serious. Hey, you're you, working. Yeah, you're working. You can't sit there and cheer while you're you're working. Right. And I, I'm gonna say a, a little one from from basketball because it's it's very appropriate. I was at a game back east and I'll I'll say where it is, Syracuse. Okay. And I'm sitting there trying to shoot this game, and the school photographer sitting next to me was one, it was like one degree outside. He's wearing shorts, wearing a Syracuse jersey, barely taking any pictures and cheering. And I, I said to him, I said, hey, um, for what it's worth, there's no cheering from the press box. And, this. and he goes, who the hell are you? And he started giving me a bunch of um, lip. bunch of lip. <laughs> and I, he you know, said, you know, if I want to cheer, I want to cheer. I've got a credential the same as yours. Really? Yeah. What year is this? It's probably... 15 years ago now. Okay. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, this isn't going to go well for you. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, it's not what you're gonna, what I'm going to do. It's how much you're going to enjoy watching the rest of the game from the parking lot. I went over to the SID, told her what was going on. Two security guards came and put him in the parking lot. Good. And she goes, I'll talk with the professor tomorrow
0: you're there to do a job you want to cheer go to the stands with a fraternity buy a ticket yeah and and jump around up there yeah but you're taking otherwise you're taking up a spot you're putting people at risk you're not paying attention you got gear on the floor yeah you're there for your client I think people forget that as well someone put you there yeah to make pictures yeah. do your damn job yep no and it's it it happens
1: it's one of my pet peeves yeah one of the places you can one of the places ironically it doesn't happen is baseball because the space is so limited and you really can't move. Yeah. So, but you know, there's there's other things like when you're on the sidelines, you kneel, you don't sit. No, you can get killed if you sit. And this was <laughs> hammered into me many years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> by physical force. Yeah. Uh, and you don't leave your gear unattended on the sideline on the sideline right you don't leave your monopod with the pole sticking up on the lens somebody a few years ago and i think it was oklahoma a player got skewered on it and they were talking at that point of banning all monopods and long lenses from the sidelines because of, and I, I and i was in a meeting and i said guys statistically it's a non-issue I mean out of how many thousands and tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of games have been played right that this has never happened mm-hmm. but they got they got into the situation where you know well we have to do something and I said yeah the best thing to do right now is just remind people not to leave the right the inform
0: there. don't yeah. restrict
1: yeah and the other thing is people who carry backpacks on the sidelines and then put them down and rollers roller cases you know if a player hit that he could break his ankle or his knee and whatever and be out forever.
0: Right. I mean, you know this. Every facility in the country has a media room. Yeah. There's something. And then almost every bag nowadays has a cable built in. So you can lock it up. So it's not the fear of like, oh, if I set it in the media room, it's going to get swiped. It's,
1: I, I, I would have to say that that's 50% of it. The, uh, we've still, we still get stuff stolen. Yeah. We had a we had a guy come through, I'm not gonna say what game with cable cutters. Took it back. But you can't leave it on the sideline. You can't leave it on the sideline. No, so you have to get the you have to get the right kind of equipment to wear that holds the stuff you need.
0: Right. Yeah. And 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 even then, find a place if you if you want back against the wall, Uh, yeah. Storage But you don't but you don't you
1: don't sit it next to you on the sideline. Yeah. And sit. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. And have your, you have your 600 millimeter lens sitting there on the ground next to you. You would never be able to get up in time to get that stuff out of the way. No. So you're going to get injured and it's a potential. The player's going to get injured.
0: Right. And, And, and if you're on your knees or you're standing, the chances of you, you can from your knees, you can waddle, you can squat, you can crab leg, you can, tilt yourself over and dodge somebody, but from your butt with stuff on your legs, cr- you know, crossed. Well,
1: if you look at the ergonomics of it or the kinesiology of it, you can get up from a knee quickly. Yeah. From, and you can do it without needing your hands. Uh-huh. If you tried to get up from your rear end quickly with a camera in one hand, trying to get your 600-millimeter 600 lens, 600 lens off the sidelines with the other – or even just getting up, you're not going to do it.
0: No, you're get, and if it's a long play, big, long 40-yard bomb, he comes right to you, they come out of bounds, you're going to take a knee to the face and you're never going to look the same.
1: Well, talk about that. Talk about Mickey Flager. Right. You know, Mickey was at a um, uh, 49ers game, got hit, knocked out, taken off the field on a stretcher, Goes to the hospital. They do a CAT scan. Discovery had a brain tumor, mm-hmm. and he died from it. Right now, that has the only reason I'm saying that is, um, it's unfortunate what happened to Mickey. But the the point is, he did get hit, and I'm not saying the brain tumor was caused by that because it no, wasn't. But that was
0: just good to he, know that it good was good
1: to know, and they, you know, that's one of those things that you're lucky you got hit. Yeah, but, but I guarantee he
0: would. She wouldn't have. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. What? When did you start to see it go sideways? Right, you're. you're, it's, you're been, it's been
1: going sideways since I started.
0: And, wh- and what did that? What was that genesis? Why? Why did it start to become so ugly? Scrum and hurry up and leave gear and. It's because the competition got so.
1: It was the competition was very high. You know, if you get the picture, um, if you get a cover of Sports Illustrated at a game. That's what gives you the motivation to go to the next game. Right. It's by, it's kind of like golf. You hit 30 bad shots and you hit one really good one and that's what brings you back next yeah, week. You're addicted again. Yeah, you're addicted again.
0: I I don't know what It's
1: is there a a point where it went south where the big change was when we went from film to digital? Because digital, it doesn't. once you buy the camera, it doesn't really cost you anything to make a picture. Yeah. And more people were able to afford going out and using their skills as a negotiator to get a credential mm-hmm. than they had talent to make the pictures.
0: Right, because then you're also talking about you're, they're not purchasing the film, having to get it processed, send it out. It what? was easy. It's on a card.
1: Bang. Well, yeah, and the other thing is the other thing that uh, moved it along was the ability to transmit it, right? You know, there are picture agencies out there now that don't exist any other way but uh, transmitting. That's it. Yeah, and that and that's what the customers want, right? They so, want- really, really, what it was is the thing that caused it was Moore's law, because computer as computers became faster. And the internet became faster and more reliable. You know, if you, if you think about... The need. Yeah, about what you... And so that would have been 2002. Right. At least that's when I switched to digital.
0: So, I mean, you, I, I shot games in the 80s and 90s, and it was scrummy, you know, afterwards, Super Bowls, things like that's that. That's
1: not going to... By the way, that's not going to change. Yeah, it doesn't that, matter what you have for a camera or a film. But it's just the general proliferation of
0: wannabes that are now. On the sidelines just the, yeah. creating complete havoc.
1: Yeah, Sometimes they are, sometimes there are. By the way, there are some good ones. Oh, absolutely. There, there are some. In fact, there's one kid who was one of those sideline people. I met him about six years ago. He's now the director of uh, social media for, the, uh, for Major League Baseball. Good kid, smart, capable from a uh, photography perspective, capable from a management perspective, but not a, they don't come along very often.
0: Now you've run a lot of you know photo marshal kind of events, right? The yep. Rose Bowls and playoff games and Super Bowls and whatnot. What would you say to young photographers coming in? That they've got to do to make sure that they don't fall into those pit pitholes of trap, of trouble? Well,
1: that's a very interesting question. The real young ones should get to know the older ones. Okay? They need to respect authority, which, you know, I... I, (laughs) I'm doing the photo meeting for um, the first Big Ten championship in Indianapolis. They flew me in. Scott Shipman, the uh, director of media for the Big Ten at the time, says, hey, can you come in and do this? Arrange it all for us because we want to get it right. Okay. Okay. I said, fine. (laughs) So I get up there, and I give the photo meeting, you know, and I'm talking about this, that, and the other thing. And I'm, th- I'm talking about, you know, keep your eyes open, your head's on a swivel, all that, all the typical stuff. And I hear from the back of the crowd some guy go, who in the hell is this old fart? And I just stopped and I said, and never assume that an old person has bad hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I just then went on with the presentation. Afterward I walk up to him and I go, Um, you got a problem. The reason you're here is the old farts paved the way. Yeah. Look, I look at I look back and I go, Who paved the way for like I consider myself pretty old at this point, almost seven you know, I'm just turned sixty eight. But I look back at who paved it for me. It was Art Rogers. It was John Zimmerman. It was... Legends. Wow, legends. And not in their own minds either. No. No, these were... These were True photographers that accomplished unbelievable image, images. With real limited cameras. Yes. I mean, back in the day, Art had a 182.8 Nikon. And I'm like sitting there going, man, that's the,
0: that's the real lens. Right. I got one. But 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 at that time he was legit, unbelievable magic with that lens. Yeah,
1: I mean the only other person I know who could focus better than him was Andy Haight. Right. You
0: know, I
1: wasn't bad, but Andy <laughs> was uh, Andy was great. Um. But what do I tell them? I tell them, look at respect your elders and make the damn picture. You're not there for any other reason than making the pictures. I don't really understand the social media aspects. I really don't understand other than it's mostly video and it's shot with iPhones. I have no problem shooting with iPhones. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things in my career uh, when I was at Kodak was throwing my micro tack across the room at the chairman of the board saying, when you get a camera in here good enough for snapshots, our business is over. And then seeing all the poison pen letters from the senior, <laughs> senior uh, management the next day when he called me into his office to show me the letters that everybody wrote him, which was kind of funny. He said, you were right, but I, I can't say it. That's why I hired you.
0: Right. So they should definitely walk in, say, what can I do and not do situations. Because I think, I think a lot of them think they know everything. Or they're put off to talk to the older person, or they're nervous to talk to somebody. I well, mean, if I was if I was nineteen and I'm from Ohio State and I see Mike Goulding in the room, I don't know if I walk up to him, well, but I would certainly follow maybe an understanding of what's happening.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, but uh, the LA press photographers, the whatever they're called now, Southern Cat. Well, okay, right. Gave me a lifetime achievement award mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And John McCoy gave it to me and reminded me of when we first met.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. What was that?
1: We were at a game at the Coliseum. Okay. And I was there doing my, my thing.
0: Was there a track around it? Yeah. Oh, boy. So
1: <laughs> So apparently, when I was younger, I was probably no better than these Sure. Yeah, I was, you know, look. Brash I'm, and wild. And- I'm 19, I'm 20 years old shooting for Sports Illustrated, and I'm going to, you know, and, you know, despite the fact that, uh, you know, I was at the top of, you know, getting to where the top of the industry was, although I was never Walter or Heinz um, or Peter, uh, I was pretty brash. I was, as I said in my acceptance speech, a self-serving prick <laughs> that got more than he deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, the So John was just starting, and he apparently asked some people, who in the hell's that? He goes, yes, I was holding court, as you know I can right. do. And um, they said, oh, that's, that's Richard from SI. John goes, what's SI? Because he didn't know the initials. He wasn't really a sports shooter, but he is a very good sports shooter. And so apparently, and he reminded me that I didn't remember that, he came up to introduce himself to me. I just blew him off. <laughs> okay. And he just didn't understand, apparently didn't understand it to the day That he gave me the award. And I said, John, there's a real reason. I'm in my early 20s working for Sports Illustrated and seeing all of you guys nipping at my heels because you want to be me. Right. Okay? I do have a nervous system and I do get very protective. Sure. It had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with the competition
0: right trying to stay stay you guys off and keep my work yeah, yeah. I mean I had nothing I mean you guys that that was it's told, not personal
1: no it's totally out of respect right so no it's not it's never personal and I and I've spent a lot of time the last 15 years <laughs> making up for for that I'm I've I've stepped back a lot from shooting for m- multiple reasons. But I'm trying to make it easier for everybody else to shoot.
0: Right. I think, and you hit that, there's a lot of young photographers that come in and they want to be the man right away. And you got the guys who are at the top, don't want to deal with these kids. But if they do, if they just take the time, explain something, hey, young buck, do this, do that
1: you know there's a lot of the, one of the bigger problems is some of the older guys are just as bad as the younger ones. And you're
0: absolutely right. They are also part of the problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and
0: uh, look including me. I mean look, I'm you know if I get into
1: a really bitchy mood at a game where I think somebody screwed me or something like that, oh I I, I it's, just, it's not even something I think about. My Right. Nervous system kicks in, just reaction yeah, <laughs> to is. rip
0: into somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usob, back up! Don't you jump in front of that? Look sl- at you've
1: seen me work. Oh, yeah, you know I'm usually the calmest person in the photo. Well, until somebody, especially you know, I miss a picture. But we
0: all have we all we're all
1: very calm, ninety nine percent. The thing is, we're also very competitive. Yes, because the difference between us and the athlete that's out there is generally we're there to make a picture, they're there to make a play. Right. And there's, you know, like, I I love it when a television guy goes, hey, you're blocking our live shot. And I said, do you think mine isn't? It's just, you know, if I don't capture it, it doesn't become a picture. Right, doesn't happen. And you're blocking.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. What's the big issue you'd like to see, you know, you're going to, do a presentation in 48 hours or whatever. What do you want to go in front of these people and have them understand?
1: That they're not on an island. That all of this stuff works together. And you've got to watch out for yourself and the guy next to you. One One of the things we did with the CFP is we, I did a really early relationship build with the president of the football um, group at ESPN. Okay. He comes to our photo meeting once a year to welcome the photographers on the sidelines to share the sidelines with his people. And because he recognizes that for six months they produce content Mm -hmm. for the other six months they use ours. Right. And to him, we are an extension He never really said this, but I'm just – what he thought and he told me. We're kind of an extension of them. And um, the agreement is is that we will watch out for their guys on the sidelines. They gave us the right to do kneeling and standing. And that uh, at the end of the day, our photographers are the still guys – watch out for their guys and make sure their spots are set, and if they get up and move, we help them, and they do that with us. And that was fine up until five years ago. What changed? Social media. Oh, and it's not that I'm against it. It's that they don't know the rules, or if they have the rules them, they don't understand them. Right. And my big fear is they have the same color, you know, that ESPN or football, whatever, will see these people encroaching, and the way they eliminate the problem is by eliminating everyone. Yes. Yeah. That's my fear.
0: Right. They don't say, well, we take Sally and Richard, and we remove them. It's everybody in that color vest. Because it's easy. You're out. Yeah. Gone. So, um...
1: This year we're going to have a slide or two about guys please this is how we need to act right as a group
0: I understand you need your vertical video but yeah. don't jump in everybody's way yeah your
1: but then we get into the situation where the schools and the organizing committees and the PR departments and the marketing departments want their pictures Sure, and so if you if they break the rules, it's okay. Well, it's not.
0: Yeah, because at not, least my opinion, because you're not on an island. Nope, you're not on an island. When, when you were in your eight in the in the eighties in the nineties, I'm not that old yet. No, but you were shooting. Yeah, okay. In those de- oh, in those that decades. Oh, those, those decades. Oh, that, yeah. oh the,
1: that was the dates you were. Okay, yes, yeah, in I the eighties, yeah, okay, not eighty. Yeah.
0: What was a typical. Like a, a Super Bowl, or because there weren't championship games, there was a Rose Bowl, there was a Orange Bowl, there, there was the, a Sugar Bowl. They were
1: still the semifinals, the AFC championships. No,
0: no, no, in, in college. Oh, so in college and in and, and in like the Super Bowl stuff like that. Were there was there a big powwow get together? This is what we can do, boys. This is what we can't. No,
1: no, no. I established that ten years ago at the Rose Bowl. Right.
0: So that's it's a it's a very 15 new fifteen years ago. Yeah, right? it's a very new thing. Yeah, had, and, it's only,
1: to... and it's only done at the – really, it's only do, it's only done at the Rose Bowl, the CFP Championship, and it should be done at the semifinals. Or it should be done at all games, but it's only – I know for sure it's done at the Rose Bowl and the CFP Championship. Right,
0: because I've probably covered, I don't know, 15 different bowl games yeah. over my career, you yeah. know, everything from the potato bowl to the – Blue bonnet bowls, sun bowls. I'm sure you've shot a bunch of these. And none of those things someone gets together. It's just like you show up, you see everybody, hey, how you doing, this and that. You go out, boom, shoot the game.
1: Right. We do it at the Charger game. Well, we used to do it at the Charger game, but it became unnecessary because nobody broke the rules. Okay. Because they also knew what I would do or it could potentially happen. Um,
0: Is there less of it in pro football and more of it in college? Because well, they student.
1: Pro football, well, pro football is. Um, they've really limited the numbers of. Yeah, people it's very on the restricted. Really, right? really restricted.
0: Um, and I don't want to crap on the college kids, but is that because there's college kids? College becomes an issue? Uh, A college newspaper uh, can get like six credentials. Yeah, yeah. And, and the and last. It's, t- it's not.
1: See, the thing is. I want these kids to get a chance because yeah. somebody gave me a chance, and this is where they learn. Yeah, this is where they learn. The problem is, well, with pro, it's a totally different thing. It's just, it's just, you know, the NFL is just
0: totally different, right? Total, and I don't think people get that enough. It is the same football game, totally different animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't know how many
1: times the people have come up to me and go, "Why don't you get involved with the NFL?" and do what you do for me for you know CFP, and I said, That's "All I have to do is ask me." Right, I'll do it, but providing they do what happened when the BCS or the Rose Bowl asked me to do it, and I said, "Fine, I'll do it," but here is a few things you have to do in order for me to do it: kneeling and standing line. I have authority over security on the field once the game starts. We do a photo meeting. Okay. I don't even remember the other one. <laughs> and I said to him, If we don't do this, I'm not gonna do it because all you're doing is saying we got a sports illustrated photographer to do this for us. Right. And yeah. I wasn't gonna sit there and tell them, you know, that I, I, I
0: just I just wouldn't do it. No. I said fine. You have to have some kind of authority to actually call the shots and right. make, make things happen. Right. You can't just be like, well, we got Richard, so we checked that box. Yeah, and I said, I, I wouldn't do it. They agreed to all of it.
1: Yeah. It was great. I mean, and then when Gina from the Rose Bowl went to the CFP, she said, will you come with me? And I said, absolutely. So it happened. Bill Hancock and I had been friends for 35 years, who's the uh, executive director, and he didn't have to twist my arm right? at all. Where's
0: the championship game this year? Here. In L.A.? Yep. At SoFi. So I've been working on it now for a year and a half. So what's going to be like protocol? What are you going to do?
1: Oh, it's just our normal
0: rules. Okay.
1: Yeah. it's uh, um, The only thing that's really changed is the end of game. And it's been changed for a number of reasons. That's
0: a funny thing, too, that's changed over your career. Mine as well. There's an end-of-game end of kind of event where they make a stage, they bring everybody well, out. Well,
1: yeah, and I also defined what end of game was.
0: Yeah, it's a production now. No,
1: end of game is 40 seconds to go on the clock, no timeouts by either team, and the uh, quarterback kneels down to end the game. That's Then you can go out on the field if you're allowed to go out on the field. Right, used to be zeros. You used to be zeros, but we also had people who went out there with like a minute to go. Sure. So we, you know, we had to, uh, that stuff had to be tied down. And I, That's, and uh, nobody can also go into the bench area, period. And that's, the reason for that is back in the old days, you didn't have 600 millimeter F4 lenses that you could shoot the bench from the end zone. Mm -hmm. You know, why ruin 75 other photographers' picture in order to get yours? Yeah,
0: with your 16 to 35 right in the coach's face.
1: All right. Now, unfortunately, they now allow the team videographer to go in there. But I asked them nicely before the game. I said, listen, if you go and you're going to get the Gatorade dump and all of that, kneel down.
0: Right, get low. Get low.
1: In the... in the uh, Because
0: that's an issue too because when, like, in the days of the late 70s, 80s, let's you say you're covering with Peter maybe a SC or a UCLA game. Mm-hmm. There weren't team photographers for the schools. They didn't have a designated guy. Yep. Now... They do. There's a department. There's a director. He might have three photographers for covering Oklahoma or Texas or Alabama. So they've got responsibilities. So how do you work with them to say like, hey, guys, don't screw everybody?
1: Well, in the case of the USC photographer, John McGillin, he knows who the photographers are in the L.A. area that need to be out there, and he kind of polices it. Okay. Yeah, John's, John's also the Rose Bowl photographer. The, uh, my biggest concern is that, and I, I, I stated this earlier, is that one of these guys are going to screw up and make it bad for all of us. And not because they're bad people, not because they're stupid, not because they shouldn't be there. But they don't know the rules. Right. And just from a societal Point of view, they really don't give a shit about rules. Yeah, they'll go off, you know. And this, and not this, is one example of what they might do. But you know, having a, an open can of Pabst in your car, <laughs> driving down the streets, another problem. Sure. So,
0: when when you're out covering football, when you were younger, let's say your younger days, how did you like to cover football? Let's talk about that. How did you like? Love-
1: well, it it, it really. How did I like to Because you it?
0: went through a huge gear change. Yeah, well, I was going to
1: say it all depends from on... a 180 to a 300 to a 400, 400 two to eight, a between, Yeah,
0: to a yeah. 6.4. You saw huge changes in the, in the yeah, industry. Yeah,
1: I, I was lucky because I was the Sports Illustrator and I was making a good amount of money. I also had other businesses, so I could afford to go buy this stuff. Right. You know, I was the first one to have a four hundred two eight, or a uh, 600, F4, or a 302. Right. Which was the rarity. One, that's a
0: Sasquatch. i got one in my yeah. closet. Should be in your vault.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not worth them. All. Uh, an, a, a non-autofocus 40-year-old lens that's been sitting on a shelf for 35 of those years. Probably not worth a lot. Uh, although I've been told that when people sold them at the right time, they were getting a lot of money. Oh, yeah, they were. Um it's mostly been mostly been a technology thing um, back in the day in the 70s and 80s my biggest well the biggest the biggest advantage S yes, I I had was the logistics to get film around but second to that was most everybody was a human autofocus and that was no exception right and that's what's that's what set us apart it was the, it was both a combination of the equipment and the ability to ex- exploit The human's
0: it. ability to actually focus a damn lens.
1: Focus, compose, set the exposure on something that only had 36 exposures on it until <laughs> you ran out of it. I mean, we get guys who shoot home plate slides that would be four rolls of film. Right. The equivalent of four rolls of film. So you had to be selective but then again the motor drives were I started out with one that was at three frames a second and now I'm at 30. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's kind of hard to miss a picture from deci- yeah, it's kind of hard to miss decisive moment when you're shooting faster than a television camera does. Right yeah. your frame oh, motion picture ri- yeah, motion
0: picture camera. It's ridiculous at 30 frames a second.
1: 30 frames a second, autofocus that's uh, damn good. Auto exposure that's damn good. Um, at twenty five times the pixels of a frame of film. Right. I'm sure I'll get some controversy on that.
0: <laughs> well, you do have some insight on oh, film. Oh, I've digital. got a little bit of yeah, insight. Just on a how, wee bit.
1: Just a little bit on how that's been uh, calculated over
0: the years. When, when you look at it today, when you're shooting, right? You're, you got Nikon. You're shooting on a Z nine, right? Oh yeah. So is that kind of mind blowing when no. from 30? Well, let's say from Richard of 35 years ago, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. does that go, wow, I can't believe I'm shooting 30 frames a second. And I was at three. Well, cause you saw it coming 10 years ago. Yeah. I got to realize
1: Matt, I'm a tech. I, for years, you could have been still call me a technologist. And I know the people who invented a lot of this stuff. So I saw it real early. Okay. I saw chips that could do what the Nikon and Sony chips can do as prototypes 20 years ago. So am I surprised? No, I've been just waiting for it to show up.
0: Right. Become and, consumer ready. Put it in a small form. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, make it so it's practical. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that we've had with digital up until maybe a couple of years ago was the computational power just wasn't there? Okay, it is now. It's very much so.
0: Right, it's ready to go. Yep. How much do you like? Do you how? What's your love hate relationship right now with mirrorless? I'm still getting used to it. Okay, because that's a big change. Frame well, rates, one thing.
1: The frame rate. Look, you you can't get. You probably can't go past fifteen frames a second with a mirrored camera because there's just too much stuff you have to move in and out of the way. And if you look at a timing chain right, at a certain point. It's physics, it's right? Physics. It's, right. I mean, it's it's physics. Yeah, you're right. It's physics. It's
0: strictly physics. Yeah, uh, yeah. but with
1: the mirrorless.
0: You've d- taken serious physical on, de- situations out of the equation.
1: Right, depending on how you bend the chip, which means how you pull the data off of it. And depending on how many megapixels you want the image to be, it's not inconceivable to go over 100. Oh, my God. Jesus. It's not inconceivable. It's tough. Right. It's tough. Um, The other thing is there's always new technologies coming, different um, dopants that they use to make semiconductors. Okay. Remember these chips are CMOS chips. So, you know, they they're not insanely hard to make, but they are not it's not easy. It's not easy. Um and then a lot of it what what's been the the big change in my opinion, and I may be wrong, Ken Perolski, if you're out there, <laughs> tell me I am or I'm not. Um the the speed of the chip is one thing so let's say the actual see it's hard to, it's hard to make the comparison because ISO is calculated on a curve mm-hmm. The speed of a digital camera is based on noise. So there are two... Okay, and I I forgot, I was going through my head as I was talking about this. The speed of film is based on a D-log E curve. The speed of digital is based on noise. Okay. Okay? And the reason I said Ken Perolsky is he invented the calculations (laughs) for that, (laughs) for the ISO standards group. Okay. So that's why I, I mentioned his name. What we have now that we didn't have 20 years ago is the ability to do massive, massive um, calculations for to create image speed?
0: Because it didn't exist twenty years. It ago.
1: didn't exist twenty years ago, but the chip itself really can only is really a ISO equivalent one hundred in its native sense. The rest of its image processing.
0: Right. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. It's all the computer.
1: Yeah, and all of the new stuff with the, um, it's not in the computer. It's in the image processing chip in the camera. What is really interesting about this is that as long as you can process the image, you can get, you know, ISOs of craziness. Yeah, We're looking at some cameras that go 128,000. Jesus. What are you shooting in a closet? We're looking, (laughs) yeah. Either that or Angel Stadium. Uh, uh, nah, that wasn't nice. But um, we've got, we've got a situation now where the cameras themselves are more computer than they are anything else. That's what's really in there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. What do you see in the future in cameras?
1: Right now, better of the same.
0: Just getting better.
1: Yeah. And, and and you can, and I could say that it's probably a 15 to 20 year process, then they'll figure something else out. But, you know, you've, all, we've always had mirrorless cameras. All I yes. gotta do is lock the mirror up. Right. So. Just can't see, but it's They up. just built it so this is.
0: You can see when yeah, you're shooting. Yeah, you
1: could. You could because you go with live view. Yeah. Although it had too many delays. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I had a person that I indirectly reported to who was very, 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 very high up in research. It wasn't the direct, It wasn't the CTO. Before I left Kodak, he told me that They will never get the color space, photo space, or whatever good enough in a phone camera because of the size of the chip to make it that you can get high-quality pictures. Well, that attitude is pretty much what fried the goose. Sure. Right. Because if you look now, an iPhone, you can do a billboard. Oh yeah. With it. But and I was absolutely shocked that he made that statement. I don't know. He may have been pulling my leg. Because this was a very progressive person.
0: Someone who really thought outside the box but just did not see
1: that. He didn't see that. He didn't. You know, when people talk about seeing outside the box. Depends on what the box is,
0: right? Your box and my box could be two different ways. I mean, you you, yeah. could, you could have your own barrier set up because you don't uh, or don't think deep or take risks in your ideas.
1: Yeah, the fun. I, I'm, I'm gonna this this may razzle a few people. It's like Elon Musk. He's one of the best out of the box thinkers in the world, right? Until you get him involved with social media. <laughs>
0: but he's thinking differently
1: he's thinking differently although there's there there are boundaries to sure thinking
0: absolutely <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't fault anybody for at least attempting no. to try something right, I'm different. glad he, I'm glad he tried it but boy yeah it's a it's that's that, I'm mean, yeah. it, I'm not as a financial guy so you can spend your money all you way you want yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> if you had to walk into right now a young photo 101 class maybe a Maybe let's give it a 201 class. And you're going to give them some football advice coming up for the bowl games. What do you give them?
1: You probably don't need my advice because if you're there, you've been to a bunch of football games.
0: Well, give them some advice, damn it. Give them some advice.
1: Well, it used to be compose this, blah, blah, blah. That's all your right button. You you, Don't hurt your right thumb. (laughs) Protect it as if you were a concert pianist. It is the most important digit you have. See, you're a back thumb guy. Oh, I'm a back thumb guy. Oh, I've been a back thumb guy since they created Function 4. Yeah. Both systems.
0: See, I'm, I'm not a back thumb guy. You're a front, front finger? Still front, still front finger. I use my thumb to move the autofocus button around. Hmm. Yeah. Good thought. Yeah, I want to keep that on their face, not on their belly button. Boy. Now, if the 3D tracking was as good as I'd hoped it would be. <laughs> you discovered that too. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Oh, uh, well, God, where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> what do I advise to give them? Pay attention, shoot the game, don't worry about it. The pil- The play will, if you, if you calm down and you do your thing, the play will come to you. Do you prefer to be upfield, or do you like to take
0: risks? Risks. I do both. Okay.
1: I I used to get criticized a lot by the editors at SI that I shot too much from behind. Right. Well, that was picture editors. The managing editor liked them. I knew that. Yeah. So.
0: And there's great photos to be made downfield because you never know what happens. Well,
1: and one of the gr- one of the greatest pictures that happened, football. Peter shot it. It was Denver Broncos. Shooting Elway from behind with four defenders just Jumping, right up over yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, this, this, you know.
0: If Peter's listening, I'd love a print of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, he'll 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 listen to this. <laughs> What's the best photo you, football photo you ever took? And let's break it down? Best college football photo you ever took. Double. Um,
1: It was a double truck cover, Sports Illustrated, of Anthony Davis at the Notre Dame game. When they came back from 28 to something and won the game. That's the college game.
0: Wow. That was a long time ago. You set the
1: bar high. I was shooting as an assistant to George Long. Were you really? So George got all the credit.
0: George Long.
1: Yep. All right, best best one. I went and I went back to the magazine when I was there and I went and pulled the slide and had my it had my notch on it so it was my picture best pro game you know that's a really I'm not going to say there's been a lot of great ones but one that S I considered one of the top 100 pictures, it was at, in Miami, it was 49ers, I think, against Cincinnati. Bengals, right? Bengals. Yep. It's a picture of, it's double truck, mm-hmm. Montana, standing there, ball back, ready to pass, and the turf erupted like. Uh, fault and an earthquake. It was, and it looks like the guys are being sucked into it, and he's there throwing the pass for the touchdown. That
0: might have been some of the worst turf <laughs> in Super Bowl history. Yeah, it was. It looked like the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, ran through there, and then they started a football game. Yeah.
1: So you know the picture. Yes,
0: chunks everywhere.
1: Yeah. So I'd have to say that was one of
0: Yeah. One of them. And it was... And the way you shot it, you could get a real sense of how bad the turf was. Just chunks. That wasn't my intention, but But it it, was there. Yeah. Yeah, So that that picture.
1: There have been a lot of other, you know
0: moments, great photos along the way. A lot of good yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's been a long it's been a long haul. But
0: are you think do you feel you're noticed or recognized for the baseball photo? upside-down baseball photo?
1: I don't think I've been noticed for a whole lot of anything.
0: Okay, so what do you think is your greatest photo you've ever taken?
1: Oh, that one. But the other one was one that nobody ever saw. Which is? Okay. In the mid-'70s, the International Volleyball Association was formed. It's a professional volleyball league that brought in players from all over the world. And Santa Monica College is where the L.A. Stars played. And their first game, uh, okay, so I'm going to have to say something rather bizarre. Santa Monica College was my studio for years. I had strobes in the gym. And one Friday night, there was this thing that the International Volleyball Association was coming to, you know, Santa Monica. So the sports editor says, you know what, go over and see if you can make any pictures of this. And I go, plug in my strobes. I had a Hasselblad with an 80 millimeter lens. And during warm ups, I'm watching the center, the setter for the, the Breakers, which I think was San Diego or Santa Barbara Breaker. I don't remember the name of the team, but it was. I think it was the Breakers doing these incredible sets. He was rolling on his back. He was diving. He was doing all of this stuff. Found out that it was Stanislaw Oshiniak from the Polish national team who had just won the Olympics. Okay? And this guy was known for his acrobatics. Um, so, games going on. Guy spikes the ball. Stan launches himself toward it. He's three feet off the ground, completely horizontal, with the ball at the end of his fingers, setting the ball. Bam. Strobes, black and white. Take it back to the office. Print it up. Print it up extra big. Walk into the sports editor and I go, you know what? I think this is a very interesting sport to cover. And he goes, that ain't going to the sports page. I said, why? He goes, I'm going to walk it over to Alan and say, put it on the front page of the paper, eight columns across. Went over. They did it. Probably the best picture I've ever shot. For another reason. The PR director for the International Volleyball Association, calls up and he said, can we get original prints on this? And I said, sure. And he goes, can we also get some more copies of the paper? I said, well, now you can deal with the circulation people. Sure, come down and get them. I don't give a, you know, I don't care. This was before I really understood what I had done. Which, by the way, is a very common thing with me. I look back 10 years and go, hmm, this is interesting. What did I do? <laughs> uh, like I'm doing with the, the radio stuff now. I mean, people have been calling me up and going, you know, this is revolutionizing stuff. And I said, is this a radio? In 10 years, I'll go, hmm. I look at the stuff I did at Kodak, and I do the same thing. So he sends the tear sheet back to the editor who handles volleyball at Sports Illustrated. And the lady's name was Susie Cam. She went to Santa Monica High School and UCLA, so she knew me. She knew the paper. She takes it, walks it into Jerry Cook, the director of photography, and said, hi, I think this is a great picture. She was an intern at the time. I think this is a great picture, and I know the photographer. He's really good. Jerry sends me a letter saying he saw the picture. He thinks I've got potential. And would I consider working for Sports Illustrated? And I'm sending you some Jack Fox envelopes, which are the big red envelopes for mm-hmm. shipping film. I hope you get to use a lot of these. Been working for him ever since.
0: Yeah, the old Jack Fox envelopes. Yeah. But...
1: My thing going to SI, as much as I love the photography, I love the uh, technology, so I learned how they printed it. I learned all kinds of stuff. I built some stuff for them, uh, uh, initial uh, digital imaging stuff. And, right. Yeah. Who wins the Rose Bowl game? I don't know. Who's playing?
0: <laughs> I think it's... Uh, uh, it's Utah and yeah, Penn State. Utah and Penn State. Yeah.
1: I was just there yesterday <laughs> setting up. Are you
0: taking a Lion or a Ute? What are you taking?
1: You know, I haven't really even... Look, I'm a Pac-12 person.
0: You just hope it doesn't rain. Uh, It
1: doesn't matter to me. I'll be in the media room. (laughs) I'll let all those other people get wet.
0: (laughs) No, it's... um, Are you doing any semifinal games, or are you going to juice the the championship in L.A.? Just championship. Semifinals are today, or tomorrow. Today. No, they're today. That's right. They're they're 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock today. So you're going to be late. (laughs) 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 Um, All right, so is L.A. all firmed up you got it all situated you ready to go well the advantage we <laughs> the advantage we had
1: is when we set up the answer to that's yes because when i did the initial setup for the chargers and the rams all we have to do is add a couple of extra lines on the field we're done right you made it robust it's enough robust that, enough that it, i got and the PR, and the it guys there are world class I mean, they are really good. Top notch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to be, because that place is... Today, stadiums are built just IT-driven.
1: Well, it was interesting. Yeah. And four or three years ago, when we went in there for the first game, we couldn't get anything to work. So, you know, they're world-class once they're told what they... Once they're guided to what they need to build, they can build it. Right. But... Finding somebody who can write, who understands what needs to be built, is the hard part. Is that's the thing? Yeah, I, I was out at the Rose Bowl yesterday, and I put in most of the systems there, and then they decided to have somebody else run it. And so I'm looking at the. Uh, they were complaining that they couldn't get any signal on the field for Wi-Fi, and I went and saw. Us, well, who the hell took it off of the railing and put it down below? And they go, huh? I go well. Somebody had had to have physically move it. Oh, it was never up there. I show so, them a picture. Oh, yeah, really. And so you know, they, somebody screwed with it.
0: Yeah, somebody. They always somebody always screws with something. <laughs> I appreciate your time to talk football and the football etiquette and a walk down memory lane. Okay, on and in it, a
1: couple of years we'll do basketball.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, football. Football is it's a wonderful sport. It's played in all the weather. You get to meet up with some buddies, you hang out on the sideline. There's a little bit of time. You got a game before, halftime, afterwards. It's oh, a good
1: sport. Oh, it's a great sport. Give me an indoor stadium <laughs> with, good,
0: uh, with good lighting. Okay. Worst worst football field, you know, conditions you've ever been in. Oh, Buffalo. Yeah. Oh. Well, How long ago? When it was 20 years ago.
1: Oh. Yeah. Why? It's no different today. Well,
0: clothes technology's gotten a little better, whether it's boots or clothes or what you're wearing. Camera gear's it a little It doesn't better.
1: matter when it's minus 19. With That's wind true.
0: Down. That's true. No. The na-
1: bigger problem is getting to the game.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I mean,
1: I mean, you know, people keep talking about what I don't completely understand, unless they've done a, uh, uh, a Singapore move. I'll tell you about that in a second. <laughs> Why they're building an open-air stadium. To replace this to replace the one they've got
0: what's the what's the reason the advantage it's the pub, public wanted it, they yeah. should have put in a dome. right but now, they, but the, you know what there's something magical about being in a game like that well, it's all cold and snowy and those great Green Bay games with bears and Minnesota, when the Rams used to go out to LA and get their ass handed to them at, in Minnesota. I like it
1: when they have bad weather at Green Bay because my radio devices work better because nobody's using the system because of they can't use the phones with their right. gloves on. Yeah. Okay. So Singapore. I think it was Singapore. I just saw this on National Geographic, on um, Smithsonian Channel the other night. <laughs> Dropping a plug for it. <laughs> yeah, built a new stadium, indoor stadium for Singapore. And it's 120 degrees and it's an open-air stadium. They can open the roof. And the temperature's 120 degrees and 100% humidity. They have an air-conditioning duct in every seat. Really?
0: Holy crap. So you're blowing cold air up your butt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's not blowing it on the field where the players are. Right. They're just blowing it. on, well, your, I'm not, it's, on your tush. it's there. Yeah, it's in yeah. front of you. That's what they have to do in Buffalo with heat.
0: is blow heaters. Yeah,
1: because the problem isn't necessarily it's cold and it's in there, but after four feet of snow is piled up on the chairs and they don't clim- they can't get the snow out of there. Right,
0: there's nowhere to move it. There's nowhere to move it. Yeah, that's the tough part.
1: Yeah, but I've been there when the conditions were so bad that uh, you you couldn't shoot. Man, like a freaking lens got.
0: Snow in it. Right. And, and you've been there. I was there too when they had the old turf and that stuff was brutal. It was like playing on asphalt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but God.
1: Green Bay is natural. It used to be natural. It's still I had natural. Heat. I had heaters under it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That thing is a high-tech underground facility, the way they run yeah, it. Yeah, they only I have one
1: problem. You melt snow, it becomes water. Yeah, mush. 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 Yeah.
0: You're, you're playing on... Swamp your, water. Yeah, it's just... yeah. You're
1: playing in the Everglades. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, Oklahoma, or, uh, Oakland's like that, and so was Candlestick when it would get high tide. It was, oh, I remember. Yeah. Okay. All right, you're the best. I appreciate it. Hey. I enjoy it. All right. Take care, Thank you for listening to my conversation with Richard Maxson. If you enjoyed this episode, please click the like button and become a subscriber to the podcast. Remember, you can follow the Just Good Conversation podcast on Instagram. You can find all of our past shows on the website at com. Thank you for listening.